My name is Xiaowan. I'm five years old. So today I'm going to talk to you about polyamory. Have you ever heard about that before? No. Polyamory? It's where you like have either two boyfriends or two girlfriends like that, or you have more. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Even if I have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, that I'm open to the possibility of connecting with somebody else. What? I don't get what the problem is. I think she described polyamory perfectly to a five-year-old child. My, my, Jubilee! I thought you were much better than this. Please, everyone, children are not miniature adults. Stop explaining sexually deviant behavior to them. Young children, like a five-year-old, are not supposed to understand sex. Actually, it's worse than that because Michelle isn't just trying to describe polyamory to the kids. She is trying to full-on convince them to become polyamorous so they can have screwed-up relationships just like hers when they become adults. Regardless of where the kids stand today, I think it's important for them to know that an alternative to that narrative exists. But don't worry, Jubilee got consent from their parents, so it's okay. Guys, why is it that we can get mad about things like cuties? Why is it that we can get mad about swimsuit contests and child beauty pageants? But the second we say, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't have things like drag queens read to five-year-olds," the radical left calls us all transphobic and says we are oppressing an underprivileged class. Perfect defense, by the way. Now it's a social taboo to criticize that behavior. Just one question, though: What's the problem with waiting to discuss these things until middle school or preferably high school? Why do kids need to know about this stuff at five years old or younger? Why is pointing that out so offensive? For those of you who don't know, this is Jubilee, a left-leaning YouTube channel that often focuses on open conversations with disagreeing parties. Under normal circumstances, that's a good thing, but this video was done in poor taste. The premise of the video is that they have one person argue in favor of polyamory and one person argue in favor of monogamy. At the end, the kids pick which one they like better. Our polyamorous contender is Michelle, and our monogamous contender is Evan. They talk to three kids: Shawan, who is five; Naya, who is ten; and Tai, who is twelve. Tai kind of steals the show here and makes the video watchable, but essentially, polyamory is such a bad idea for a healthy relationship that this chick Michelle gets roasted by little kids on her ideas. Let's get into it, but first, a word from this video's sponsor, Sandman. How to partner? The Brave browser protects your privacy and gets you back in the saddle, making it safe to surf the web again, ad-free. Even Vladimir Putin probably uses it. If you do choose to see ads, you get paid for your attention in cryptocurrency. If you're still using YouTube on Google Chrome, then my pet horse is laughing at you. <coughs> Don't let the stallions of Silicon Valley spy on you and mount you like a prize pony. Download Brave by clicking on the link down below. All right, let's get back into the video. We'll start with a short clip from Xiaowan. My name is Xiaowan. I'm five years old. You're five. When's your birthday? Um, I don't know. A perfectly reasonable thing to be discussing with a five-year-old child. She doesn't even understand the concept of dates. Dates like months and years. She certainly. Isn't mentally developed enough to understand a sexual relationship with multiple partners. That, or she is so nervous that she forgot her birthday 
which is another indicator that she is not old enough to be a part of this conversation. What? <laughs> dad husband or dad husband? I don't get it. Do you see what I'm talking about? Let's move on to Naya. I feel like if you do get, like, let's say two boyfriends, the other boyfriend would get jealous. Or if you say the other one of it, the other boyfriend would get jealous. That's a really good point, and that does actually happen. I don't have to be equally in love with everybody, right? Maybe you're at school and you want to play with your best friend, but then maybe the next day somebody who you've never played with before invites you over to the swing set. Your best friend, she might be jealous, but that doesn't mean that you don't love her anymore, that you don't want to play with her ever again. What? Doing an activity that could possibly create a child is not the same thing as inviting a friend to the swing set unless that trip to the swing set involves the possibility of an 18-year commitment. Nuance is important. But more importantly, Michelle literally just described the breakdown of a relationship. This is the problem with hedonism that the devout followers, like Michelle, don't understand. The purpose of relationships, the purpose of friendships, and the purpose of a community is to get stuff done. You cannot get stuff done with people who behave irresponsibly. If you are in a community, you want to do things like make sure everyone's fed, make sure everyone has shelter, and make sure everyone has purpose. With your friends, you want to have people you can test ideas with. You want to have people who will pull you away from making stupid decisions. You want to have people who can support you when bad things happen. And as for marriages and sexual relationships, they are about kids. You are either in the process of making or taking care of kids, or you are practicing communication skills so when you get to that point, your relationship doesn't break down. There is always a job to do. Sure, you can have fun with these people and you can enjoy the time you spend with them, but basing your close relationships purely on enjoyment is a bad idea. Picking close friends based only on leisure activities that you do with them instead of picking friends who can uphold responsibilities is like getting married to someone purely because you like having sex with them. In that case, don't be surprised if those people falter the minute responsibility is put onto them, especially if you're going around doing things that you admit piss them off. Michelle admitted that polyamory causes jealousy, which is destructive to a relationship. Now imagine a kid is involved. Michelle, a 10-year-old girl, understands this better than you do. Okay, so let's move on to Ty. Ty is 12 years old, and he is pretty much the star of the show. Let's watch him poke holes in Michelle's argument. But what if he ends up catching more feelings for her than you? Yeah, you're not good for me anymore. Me and Susie, who I met last night, which you allowed me to date. Yeah, we're leaving. Bye. That's absolutely a possibility. Everybody is allowed to follow their heart in whatever way makes sense to them. So even though it would be painful that my partner might have stronger feelings for somebody else, I would want them to do whatever made them happiest. Everybody is allowed to follow their heart in whatever way makes sense to them. Again, hedonism. Don't do things that are responsible. Don't make healthy choices. Instead, do whatever you feel. Michelle yet again describes a pathological relationship where a man cheats on her and she is left unhappy. Understand that when I say polyamory is sexual deviancy, I'm going by the dictionary definition of deviant, which is behavior that most people don't do. There's a reason that most people don't do it. It's because it doesn't lead to happy and successful relationships. 
Okay. Say you were to get pregnant, how would you know who the father was? <laughs> um, because you're seeing all these men, how could you keep track? Would you just go to boyfriend number one? Are you the father? <laughs> Take a DNA test. Nope. Okay. Boyfriend number 69,420. Are you the boyfriend? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, that's all of them. Well, for me personally, if I'm going to get pregnant, it's going to be a very intentional, purposeful thing. And at that point, I would probably just want to focus on the one person that I would want to have a family with. Ty, that's a fantastic point. If you have sex with 30 different men in a year and get pregnant, how do you keep track of all those guys? Do you know all their phone numbers? Do you know when you had sex with them? Do you even remember their names? At this point, Michelle is just dunking on herself. This is the third argument she's made against polyamory. If I had a kid, I would make sure it was only with one partner. Congratulations, you are monogamous. Except, successful relationships are difficult, and you can't just magically decide that you are going to have a good relationship. You have none of the skills that make a good monogamous relationship possible because you have zero practice at monogamy. Michelle mentions that a healthy alternative response to disinterest in a partner is to follow your heart and find a new partner who you are more interested in. How do you think that's going to go when a newborn child starts putting stress on the relationship? Sure, you may be able to control your desires, but what if he decides to follow his bliss and move on to another partner? Congratulations, you're a single mother now. If you are only surrounding yourself with guys who think it's okay to cheat on their partners, then what makes you think you are even able to identify a partner who will stay committed and won't cheat? Don't expect to be good at something that you have no practice at. Well, thanks for your time. Bye. 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 Enjoy your free life. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Next up is Evan, who argues in favor of monogamy. He doesn't really do that great of a job arguing his points, but then again, he's sitting next to Michelle, who spent the whole time arguing against herself and scoring for the opposing team. So by comparison, Evan looks amazing. Here's the one good argument that Evan made. Do you like see these just in movies and that's why you decide to be monogamous or do you decide on your own decision? That's a really great question. There is something about having like one singular partner, one person you can truly depend on that actually kind of help like simplifies everything because it's about that stability and about that person who you know no matter what happens in your life that they will be there for you. That's assuming the relationship works, but yes, that does give you a better chance than polyamory. There's a saying that roughly goes like this, people who have lots of friends actually have no friends. In order to develop close relationships that are healthy, there needs to be a certain time investment or people will not be invested enough in you as a person to actually care about you. You can't do that with tons of people. Nobody has that much time. In terms of close friends outside of a group, you can only do that with one, two, maybe three people. But the reality is that if you're planning to commit to a relationship to someone for 18 years and you can't even stay with a single person for a year because you are too busy following your bliss, then that relationship is going to fail. There is a reason why people say less is more. Simplifying things is the key to success. Do you want to get married someday? That's if. But I have to ask you a question. Sure. If monogamy is so great, then how come the divorce rates are so high? 
That's a really great... Why are great... people getting married just to say, you know what, it's over. I, I don't want to be with you anymore. Take, take the dog, okay? I'm taking my son. I actually think that's a really great question, but, like, I think it's usually way more complicated than that. And looking at people who have been divorced, like, it's not just because someone, like, wants another partner. There's, like, a lot of reasons why people might get divorced. Really? Yeah. Is, is it really? Oh, for sure. Ty makes a fantastic point yet again. Evan has a horrible comeback. It's complicated, is not in arguments. Ty, if you're listening, this is why divorce is so prevalent. For the past 50 or 60 years, mainstream feminist groups have used propaganda campaigns to change the culture of the West and break down the fundamental principles that make relationships successful. Feminism destroyed traditional gender roles by convincing women that gender roles were sexist and oppressive. Gender roles previously divided up labor in a way that allowed both husband and wife to specialize in their role, which made them far more efficient at their jobs. This allowed the husband spare time to advance in his career so that he could eventually generate more income than two working parents together because the skill was more valuable. It also allowed the wife to stay home, raise the kids, and get all the stressful house labor done so that by the end of the day, everyone has time to relax. This is a much more successful model than the two working parents model. And it doesn't matter which parent fills what role as long as one stays home and one goes to work. But now, because both parents work, housework doesn't get done because it's seen as trivial or sexist, and the kids are raised by strangers. This causes both parents to fight over nonsense like who is supposed to do the dishes, and it causes the kids to act out more because they have to go to a crappy daycare while their parents are working instead of being at home. All of this causes lots of fighting and lots of misery, which causes the relationship to break down. Then, feminists gave women all kinds of incentives to break off their relationships with their husbands. You get child support, you get alimony, and you are automatically assumed by the courts to be the better parent, so you get more time with the children by default. Last, feminists promoted free love, sexual promiscuity, and, dare I say, polyamorous open relationships that destroy your ability to pair bond with a single partner. So, that's why divorce is so high. Evan, as someone who is trying to have a successful monogamous relationship, you should maybe know why so many of them are failing. Anything else? That's all my questions. I am satisfied. See? <laughs> Thanks, man. I almost made him break, but we ran out of time. Anyway, the kids pick which side they like best by moving their chair to one side of the divider. Shawan picks monogamy, Naya picks monogamy, Ty decides to troll the production and picks neither. But then he sort of picks monogamy, but then he sort of backpedals on that. Then this happens. But if you have five boyfriends on Valentine's Day, you would get five boxes of chocolate. Mm-mm, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a tummy ache. <laughs> now for this last part, I thought I might point something out because a lot of people ask me to make more videos on how to read people. A problem with that, though, is when I go over reading techniques, a lot of them are subtle, so people don't catch them, then I get a bunch of nasty comments saying, you can't possibly know that just from someone's voice, you don't know them. Maybe some of that's my fault, though, because I don't go slow enough or show enough examples so that everyone can learn for themselves. So before I talk about this, 
everyone understand that people follow extremely predictable patterns. That being said, all I've been doing for about the past 10 years is listening to crazy people and then listening to their healthy counterparts. The way people present themselves, the way people use their voices, and the words people use all matter, and those things tell you what pattern that person is following. When I see someone like Michelle, I don't need to do research on her to figure out that her life is messed up. I mean, I did do research on her for the sake of the video and found out that she's an artist with no social media following or any signs of wealth, which means she's broke. So I did that for the sake of the video, but I didn't have to do that to figure out what pattern she's following. Nor did I have to listen to her terrible arguments about her toxic relationship strategy to guess with a ton of certainty that her life isn't going well. I can tell you her life isn't going well just by the way she presents herself. She has a nose ring and a lot of tattoos that are visible on her right arm. People who have untreated childhood trauma or had bad childhoods wear certain uniforms. Kind of like how you can almost be certain a woman is a feminist if she's dyed her hair purple or red. People who are victims of childhood trauma often get lots of tattoos. They'll often pierce their nose, they'll pierce their tongues, they'll pierce their nipples, they'll pierce other places. Lots of tattoos and piercings are a sign of being an untreated victim of bad parenting. Now listen carefully. I am not saying that everyone who has ever gotten a tattoo was abused as a kid. I am also not saying that a person who got a tattoo in the past treated their childhood trauma but kept the tattoo is still mentally unhealthy. I am not saying either of those things. I am speaking in general terms, and generally it is the case that people who get lots of tattoos and get lots of piercings aren't mentally healthy. I have seen it over and over and over again, and just to drive this point home, I have two videos coming out soon with women who are wearing the exact same uniform as Michelle and their lives are a mess. It is very important that you are able to notice these kinds of things because if you engage in relationships with people who are mentally unhealthy or you take advice from those people, your life will be a mess just like theirs. I assure you that if you don't get good at identifying these people, they will ruin years of your life. Not only that, but engaging and supporting unhealthy people keeps them from wanting to get treatment. The faster you shut them out of your life, the more rejection they get, the faster they get better. It's a win-win situation for both of you. But with that said, I think that will be enough for this video. So if you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share. If you would like to support this channel, then you can do so with PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. You can find all those links in the description. Last, if you haven't checked me out on Facebook, BitChute, Twitter, or Gab, you can also find those in the description. Otherwise, see you in the next video. Thanks for watching.